Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you would like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. It's hard to believe, but it's already Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but my 2023 flew on by seemingly without me even realizing it. And now that Christmas is here, there are a lot of emotions going on in my head. Which is exactly why, at least for me and hopefully for you, this is the right time to talk about what home really is. See, once upon a time, on the very first Christmas, Jesus left his heavenly home to live here on earth with us. And he did that because he knows our homes aren't always filled with happiness. They're not always filled with laughter, joy, and love either, even on Christmas. But this podcast, this Christmas Eve at Divine Savior Church, we're going to hear the true story of Jesus and what our real home is. And I cannot wait to share that with you right now. Let's take in this incredible Christmas account, the true story of Jesus becoming one of us from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is God's word. words spark more emotion than the word home. Especially this time of year when those four letters can transport us to a scene that's so vivid and yet so untouchable. 
Memories of people we wish we could hug again. Memories of joy we long to feel again. We sing songs like I'll be home for Christmas because it just feels right, doesn't it? Christmas and home should go together, and they do. The tone of home plays over the entirety of the Christmas narrative. But we're celebrating tonight, we're celebrating this week on the podcast, is more than just a sentimental story. More than just a ploy to evoke emotion. More than just traditional cultural folklore. Christmas is where our deepest longing finds rest. We ache for it. It made me think of the book that Maya Angelou wrote called All God's Children Need Traveling Shoes. And she writes in that book, The ache for home lives in all of us. She's right. We know that especially when we feel like we don't belong. Makes me think back to my senior year of high school. I happened to be chosen for our academic bowl team. Now, it's not nearly as impressive as it may sound. The first choice had a scheduling conflict. The second and third choices were sick, and our poor team was stuck with me. And I remember vividly walking into the auditorium, and there were chessboards as far as the eye could see. And I remember standing in the back of the room in a dead sweat thinking, I'm going to embarrass myself. I do not belong here. And to not belong is a lonely place to be. You look around and feel this strangeness, feeling uncomfortable, wishing for days gone by. After all, we live in an age of panic, conflict internally, within ourselves, externally, nationally, internationally. Is this really home? Certainly there must be more. And such a thirst for meaning isn't a mere emotional dream, it's reality. We can't live without home, which is why home is truly a matter of survival. Mary and Joseph would tell you so. Now again, in our culture, we tend to wrap the Christmas story up in bows of cutesy manger scenes and idyllic portraits, but that is nowhere near reality. There was no cutesiness, just a long journey home. Now the gospel writer Luke wrote his gospel strictly from eyewitness accounts, and it's fairly likely he interviewed Mary herself as the Holy Spirit guided him to write his gospel. He reports the facts. There was a census taking place. Everyone had to go to their town of family origin. So as law-abiding citizens, Mary and Joseph followed orders. Do you hear the tone of home? Going home to their ancestral land, there's a poetic nature to it. But don't miss what the journey home was like. Besides the fact that Mary was in her third trimester and possibly needed to walk the majority of an 85 to 90 mile journey, she and her husband didn't have a home to go to nor a home to return to. They were going to a place without much of a clue where they would stay, but they knew they needed to go. I mean, hardly anyone could believe the Holy Spirit had conceived a child in Mary. Joseph didn't believe it until an angel told him, and it comes as no surprise that they were shunned in their town of Nazareth. And as they made the journey, home felt as elusive as ever. I think you know that elusivity. About a month ago, I happened to arrive at church one evening for a private baptism when I found a homeless man sleeping outside our front door. And as we spoke, he finally shook his head, turned his face away from me, and muttered over and over again, There is no home for me. There is no home for me. And such deep despair doesn't happen overnight, nor in one dramatic moment. A person can have nothing yet still be at home 
But when you feel like there is no place where you belong, no community that will accept you, and even when you are surrounded by those who love you dearly, you still know goodbye is coming. How many of us, maybe this is you, are living an existence of simply running away from goodbye? We try to avoid any notion of separation or parting. We keep relationships on life support, especially through social media, but there are precious few people we truly feel at home with. Again, Christmas and home truly go hand in hand, but often we miss the true warmth of this celebration. We try to force emotional connection or transport ourselves into the hazy and immaterial world of nostalgia. We do so because of a fear that rattles our very being. It rattles every core memory, the fear that there will be no room. No room for me. No room for you. The inner brokenness caused by sin's rupturing, leaving us in solitude and self-obsession, fearful of the soul-pulverizing words, you don't belong here. And we can only imagine what was running through Mary and Joseph's minds as door after door was closed in their face. Not even a roadside motel had a room for them, but likely a cave. Enveloped in the odor of farm animals and the byproducts thereof, just Mary and Joseph alone, with perhaps a few animals looking on as their son is born. They wrap him in the cleanest cloths they had. They place him in a feeding trough filled with half-eaten hay. I mean, just imagine walking past this scene, two homeless parents and a baby laying in straw filled with the odor of farm animals, a home none of us would choose for ourselves. And that right there is the point. There was no room for this baby, no room for him to lay his head in comfort, but he is not to be pitied. Not at all. It's what makes Christianity shine with the only unfading light in our darkened world consumed by the vain attempt at creating the home we long for. We panic, we argue, we construct, we try to achieve all to feel, even but for a moment, the satisfaction of the hunger for home and hope we live and die by. Yet it's in this cave, in a feeding trough born to homeless parents that we encounter a home this world cannot comprehend. It's in this quaint place, exposed to the elements, that a warmth finds us that tells us again and again, there is room. Yes, there is room for you. Because this baby would go on to live a homeless life so he could prepare a home for you. There was not a single room for him that night, but he is constructing your room as we speak. This baby wrapped in rags would one day be wrapped in linen cloths. This baby placed in a stone manger would be placed in a stone tomb. But neither manger nor tomb could contain him. It's the home Christmas has always been about. You look into the manger and see an ordinary looking baby, not beaming with rays of glory, but crying for oxygen. But this is the only way home could come to us. Your Savior Jesus approaching you so humbly, so willingly, as a baby because he wants to be at home with you. It's this very reason that Mary and Joseph weren't truly homeless. They weren't at all. As they looked into the eyes of Jesus, they found the home they had always longed for. It was a home coming down to them. It was that same home coming down to the shepherds as angels dotted the sky, singing a melody reserved for the purest of glory, the tones of home, of peace to our hunger for hope. 
See the shepherds dirtied from the fields, hands calloused over, staring into the feeding trough. So filled, totally filled up with joy as they went back to the fields rejoicing. Because everything was as it should be. There was no more wandering, but living in the peace of home. You know, we tend to have such a romantic view of wandering. Have you noticed that in our culture? And maybe you've heard or seen the quote from J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Fellowship of the Ring, Not All Those Who Wander Are Lost. It's a wonderful thought, but you can't entirely understand it unless you know the context of where it came from. This is the whole section in The Fellowship of the Ring. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old is strong. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken, a light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. You can hear the undertones of Tolkien's faith. The story of the Christmas homecoming starts with the king of all Jesus, becoming crownless, giving up his crown. He intentionally wandered this earth to tell all the always kept promises of God. He gave light to our world of shifting shadows and he would take up his crown again. The helpless babe would become the suffering servant on the cross, the constant king of a far different land, the king who conquered every last version of death, from the death of goodbye to the death of your final breath, and who now lives to carry you to a place of unmatched splendor, where goodbye is a myth long forgotten and where your restless heart will finally be at home. See Jesus. See the welcome he has for you. See the home he is preparing for you. And know the home he is making is a home in your heart through his word. Look beyond the manger and stand at the cross where the king of glory donned a crown of thorns so one day he could place the victor's crown upon yours. Look at his words just for you, written there for you at this time as you carry the Christian cross of wandering, discovering each day that this place isn't worthy of you and that your deepest longings cannot be satisfied here. C.S. Lewis says it best. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. It's true. Where you belong is a place of royalty. The crown given you by your King Jesus, who alone went through the shade of death and lived to tell the tale, that crown is waiting. You are not of this world. This is not your home. Far from it. Yet as far as heaven may be, you have a home so close because Jesus lives within your very heart. He is the one who alone puts you at home, gives you a royal identity you can never achieve, but given you by the one who without any contribution from yourself gave you a status this world nor your intellect could ever give you. And again, this is not a mere nicety designed to build up your self-esteem, nor is it too good to be true. Don't let Satan rob you of this grace-given joy of home. It's all true. It must be. Because our King Jesus has said so. And when we hear his words, as his dear family, all loneliness is somehow gone. For we know who knows us best, loves us most, and in his view, we see home and everything else in the proper place. It's here that the Bible bursts with light when we realize this Christmas homecoming is truly our own. Run to its warmth. Sit by your Savior. 
and see in him the home where he has made room for you. Amen. God's richest blessings do celebrate Christmas this year as we look ahead to the second Christmas when Jesus will come back and make all things new. We truly have a Savior unlike any other, and we follow him because we know how undying his love is for us. God bless.